Mike, did I interrupt you doing the Kanye thing? Because I really want to hear that. Uh, Were you no. going to do uh, whoop diddy poop The drop? Mm-hmm. No, you didn't interrupt me. I, I, I do a pretty poor job of it. So I'm, I guess I probably need to keep working on that. Whew. Okay. I just wouldn't want to stop that brilliance. Poop. That's the part I, I, <laughs> I, I have now. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a podcast about a podcast that might be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. It's a Monday show, meaning that we need to recap and discuss the previous week's TBTL. And I have a lot to say about what qualifies as a Diet Coke, so we'd better get into it quickly. Joining me on the panel this week from the Hodges Svaro Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's my fellow lady scientist, Meredith, the MVH fan Harn. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Ann. Now, we'll get to that studio name in LRB business because I think it's a very important business. But before we continue on, I think you and I, we have to have a little discussion about this Hillary issue. Um, this smart, funny, energetic, insightful lady muscling in on our territory. I'm not yeah, I don't sure like that it. I like it. <laughs> What are we going to no, do about this? I feel very this? threatened. <laughs> uh, stage a lady coup? I don't know. I mean, we've still got our scientist status to fall back on. Hey, I just like to bring ladies, new ladies into the mix. You know me. I'm, I like to swing like that. I like to keep, <laughs> keep the ladies fresh. I'm going to ignore this. You have not been introduced. You may not talk. I'm going to Sorry. ignore this waterbed owner over here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we may have to um, come upon her in a dark alley at some point, but, you know, maybe we'll take that discussion offline. Okay. All right. Let's not forget our third host today. Should we call him smart, funny, energetic, and insightful? I don't know. You be the judge. <laughs> From the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manshack, Texas, it's Mike the Jail Dude Frizzell. Hello, Mike. Hi, I don't, and I don't think I need all those superlatives. Just say veteran podcaster and everything else is just implied. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I could just say veteran and that'd get you where you're going, right? <laughs> Thank you for your service. Right. Like everyone <laughs> seems to be doing these days. <laughs> As usual, we have some LRB business to start with. We'll bring you all the week in review, clean some house, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Uh, first in LRB business, Let's um, promote the Friday show. It was a clip show. See, look, all the Friday shows haven't gone away completely. And um, this was one that I was referring to as a show about Luke's carelessness with his electronics, which is clunky, but it turns out that there is a wealth of material. Now, did you guys enjoy this show or did your heads explode? <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> My head exploded while the clips were being played, and then I loved it while you two were talking. I was too judgy, wasn't I? Uh, as someone Never. who roots against, openly roots against Luke at airports and in, in public transportation, uh, I kind of enjoy it when 
when uh, bad things happen to his electronics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he deserves it. He deserves everything he, he does gets. totally deserve it. He does. I mean, at, at least one of his better points is that he he kind of does acknowledge in the end that mm-hmm. it was all of his own making once he gets past the idea that he has bad luck. Just <laughs> not, not what I, that is, Luke. I really liked it when... Uh, when Christy said, well, it could have been nearby, but the, the perpetrator might have had a skateboard, so they might have been five concourses <laughs> away. Yes, <laughs> so good. So if you haven't listened to that show, we had a good time talking about that. I think it's worth going back and listening to. All right, Meredith, let's talk about your new studio. I mean, this was really a big kerfuffle. You just sprung this on us last minute. What's going on? This is LRB breaking news. Like right before we recorded the show, um, I I submitted a petition to change the name of my studios and um, we needed a a judge ruling and uh, P. Fletch gave us, um, you know, the scales of justice and then a a spark emoji and then a hammer emoji. So, but I don't know what the ruling is. So (laughs) she ruled something, but I'm going to assume that it's in my favor. Why Um, have we jilted uh, Glassman? Well, Subaru. (laughs) because okay so my car is now at six thousand miles and that is the the first scheduled maintenance and i was really upset about this because i'm used to getting an oil change every three thousand miles and they were like nope don't we won't even schedule you don't come in (laughs) so you have to wait until six and i was like all right i guess engine break in and stuff like there's a point at which you're 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 driving a brand new car and it the engine breaks in after a while um so they didn't want to bother with it until then so i'm at six thousand so i brought it in and what i did is i just googled um the the near, nearest Subaru dealership and it happened to be in Ferndale, Michigan, which was my former residence, and so I was like, well, I'll try that. Um, it's closer to me than Glassman, and I went and it was just absolutely lovely. It was quick. It was actually free. I guess I bought the service package when I bought the car. Huh. Nice. I was expecting it to be a few hundred bucks, but it was free, and they were like super nice, and the facility was great, and everybody was wonderful. And now I'm um, dating everyone at Hodges. <laughs> Sbarro Studios. <laughs> and I love it You're there. in a relationship with mm-hmm. Hodges. It's complicated, but I love Hodges Subaru. Well, we all know Anne is the ultimate ruler on the show. Uh, so what? I will. I will defer. I'll. I'll punt this one, and I'll just leave it. Leave it to you, Anne. Can Can we just be changing the names of our studios willy nilly? I think so. I mean, I like okay. this one. I agree. I <laughs> I wish I wish I actually had a judge's hammer to because I don't know. Okay, it's a gavel, and there's my ruling. <laughs> a judge's hammer. That's what Andrew I've, said last I've week. I've listened to Walsh yeah. for too long. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting dumber. Well, Phyllis put a hammer emoji in the in Slack. So my grandpa was a judge, you know. So there we had gavels around. So I also so know you what can called. call it whatever you want. It's like they keep them in the house. Well, you know, there were some I don't, cer- ceremonial gavels or uh-huh. memorial gavels or whatever. Wow. Not like hundreds of them, just a few. <laughs> <laughs> Seems very, very on the nose to, for a judge to go home to a house full of gavels. I would have <laughs> loved to have gavels hanging around the house when I was little. I would have smashed my siblings' fingers and toes constantly. I mean, what else do you use a gavel for when you're a kid? 
when you're married when you're married too you can just use it to make random rulings throughout the throughout the day <laughs> i won this argument clunk <laughs> right you'll be getting the trash bins in <laughs> svu sound i was thinking like mini games of croquet oh hmm. that's so much more peaceful than my idea you'd really get a bad back using the judge's gavel to play mm-hmm. croquet. It would have to be um, table croquet. Oh, I got you. Yeah, like table football. Uh-huh. Who says I don't know anything about sport? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. We're happy to have you coming from the new studio, Meredith. I Thank think you. We all we all approve. Okay. And you know, if I ever come up to Detroit, you'll have to take me to Hodges so I control for men, I guess. Oh, you'll love it. Well, I don't really, I don't really approve of the quick name change, but I really want to reserve my right in the future to make a whimsical name change. So that's why I'm not protesting at this one. I seem to recall you not always broadcasting from the Deerblind Studios in the Mountain Room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas. Correct. So there's precedent for this ruling. (laughs) Right. Right. I I I approve just just for my selfish reasons. Fair enough. All right. Well, speaking of different studios that you've broadcasted from, Mike, you have an update on the uh, Insect Museum. Certainly do. Um, This one's just for Bobby. Uh, I got my crack filled last week. (laughs) Did you get your slab jacked? No, we didn't have to get, I didn't have to do any slab jacking because, you know, I really like it when when my crack gets filled instead. Mm -hmm. So it got filled. We put the tile back down, put toilet back in. Uh, We'll be making a few uh, other minor repairs to the house this week, taking pictures, and we should be on the market very, very quickly. And it is springtime, so that's it ended up working out time-wise, even though we paid all these extra taxes and utilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And now you just wait for people to come with the bags of gold, and you'll be rich. Right. Right. All we need to do is just... Um, Try to wrangle some of those insects out of there so that people aren't overcome. <laughs> they don't get insects in their mouth when they uh, enter the home. And uh, we'll be good. No sweat. All right. Well, I think that's what we have for business today. We do have a throw your phone that we'll get to in the body of the recap. So, Mike, why don't you start it off with Monday? All right. Uh, show number 2634. Mm, blocking out the haters. There's uh, a... <laughs> Throat clearing talk right up front. I think this week in particular, the first 10 minutes of every show was were very unsatisfying. Yes, mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Um, really? We usually... want to limit that to the first 10 minutes? <laughs> I'm saying comparatively Okay. to the rest of, of the show. I mean, the rest of each show. Uh, they got to a slow start uh, pretty much every day. So, But they do... Uh, pretty quickly get into a very a pretty seemingly controversial at least for Luke and I imagine for others because I had kind of strong feelings about it even though I, I'm not a Diet Coke drinker but the Diet Coke argument happened which is if if you're one of the uh, people that listens to only this show and not TBTL was Andrew claimed to be getting into drinking Diet Coke I mean he said he claimed he he is getting into Diet Coke but the definition of what is a Diet Coke is what what's here um is what's at stake here. And that is Genevieve is buying some of those flavored Diet Cokes. The I think the mango ones were the ones mm-hmm. they were talking about in the skinny cans. And Andrew's putting away two or three of those a day. And when when 
Luke found out that that's the variety of Diet Coke that that uh, Andrew was drinking. He was saying that he he was saying that's not that's not Diet Coke. And I'm sure you have some thoughts on this, but let me just jump in real quick with mine, which is what the fuck is Luke talking about? <laughs> How dare he even say that? Especially, okay, it's called Diet Coke. It's made by Coke. It is Diet Coke with flavor in it. He talked about three seconds later drinking diet cherry coke and it's cherry mm-hmm. coke who cares if it's mango flavor or cherry coke flavor i yelled in my car about this i <laughs> i was again driving to the dentist to pick up my new bite splint it seems like every time i drive to the dentist i get mad at tbtl <laughs> and i was just in my car screaming at the top of my lungs like what are you talking about of course it's diet coke what's your take meredith, on this, Anne? meredith your your voice goes up just like mine does when i'm uh, arguing with my wife. <laughs> She's like, why is your voice getting so high? I was, ge- I mean, I don't <laughs> genuinely get this worked up about anything, <laughs> but either. I was mad. Well, on one hand, I was like, who the fuck cares? Let Andrew drink what he wants to drink. True. But on the other hand, I was like, well, that mango stuff really doesn't taste like Diet Coke at all. Mm. Mm, are we going to get in a fight, Anne? This will be our first one. Let me go make some popcorn. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> the, the thing about uh, serious Diet Coke drinkers is we're freaks. We're just crazy about Diet yeah. Cokes. And it's, not, it's not normal, for sure. There is, um, there's a vending machine in the basement of my building, and I go down there... <laughs> Two or three times a day. I don't know. <laughs> well, we know the people at McDonald's just know you and make your Diet right. Coke without you even saying anything. Right, right, Here right. Here comes right, Diet right, Coke. Right. I try not to go to McDonald's every day. I try to split it up between McDonald's and the vending machine. And sometimes I go to Five Guys because they have a lot of <laughs> soda options. But yeah, you got to do that to avoid judgment. Like, right. Exactly. Oh, wow. Exactly. That's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a sign of a problem, girl. Yeah. Yes, it is. Wow. But um, so when I go down to the vending machine in the basement, there's five rows in the machine. There's a row of water, a row of Cherry Coke Zero, a row of Coke, and two rows of Diet Coke. And that Diet Coke goes so fast. Hmm. Like even though there's twice as much of it as anything else, it'll be it'll empty down and the other three varieties will all be almost full. And I'm like, why do we even bother with the rest of this crap? Just take one <laughs> row for the other three. Half a row of water. Exactly. Half a row of Coke. Yeah. And you make four rows of Diet Coke. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you, you'll make, make more money that way. So yeah. there is something real, real weird about plain Diet Coke that I, I don't know. It, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. But what about Cherry Coke? Do you consider that Diet Coke? Well, it still has a Diet Coke taste to it. I just can't. I just can't get behind this. To me, there's something about the can, too. And um, those those flavored ones are like, those are lady cans, <laughs> you know? They're the Virginia Slims of they soft are. drinks. Is that That's what you're saying? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I just said I'd, I'd rather have a chode of a can like Diet Coke in my hand than... <laughs> than just my a few couple fingers on this dainty little can. But 
like a Red Bull comes in the same dimension can. And I hate call that Red a Bull. Lady. I hate Red Bull. Um, <clears throat> just the taste. But I, that, yeah, I wouldn't drink that. If I were drinking energy drinks, I wouldn't drink that pretty much for that reason, other than it tastes terrible, was, you know, it feels feels too feminine to hold. And can you imagine Andrew, one of Andrew's mitts around one of those cans? <laughs> he could put four of them in his hand and you wouldn't even see them. Well, Meredith, I will freely admit that it's not rational. And if he was drinking the Diet Coke ginger lime flavor, I would be like, yeah, that's a Diet Coke. But that oh mango my God. is weird tasting. <laughs> I just, this is an inconsistency I can't get behind. I know. I I feel bad about it. I feel really guilty, well, but that's the life. Okay. We're going to have to agree to disagree here. Mm-hmm. No, no, you got to keep picking at it over time. <laughs> I've found that that's the best way to feud with them. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm going to leave that up to you. I'm not wading into your territory here. <laughs> My patented war with Anne mm-hmm. territory. All right. Um, but uh, there's talk of the Buttery Jack family. I did Jack not understand this. Am, am I neither. missing something? Uh, the Buttery Jack has disturbed me from the beginning. It's, what is what the is Buttery it? Jack? It's just a line of hamburger sandwiches at, uh, at Jack in the Box. <laughs> at the oh. Jack in the Box. I had no idea See, what they were talking about. I, don't, oh, I didn't either. Okay. I don't watch commercials, and I don't think I live in Jack in the Box country anymore no oh boy i better google that before i make a statement but i just have never been a big jack-in-the-box fan either yeah um i've had times in my life where i would dip in on some jack-in-the-box but um, um it's just a very disgusting sounding name to me you know when i googled it uh, the closest thing is called jack and diane's juice box ne- never and it's a smoothie never bar no in holly michigan they have chili dogs, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, you guys, you guys aren't familiar with the buttery jack. I, I am, and wish I weren't. So uh, I mean, is it like the Culver's butter burger? I think it's something about the yeah the bun. It's like extra buttered bun or something. Mm. I, I've yet to partake. I mean, they look good, but I'm just not. Those words are not going to come out of my mouth at a drive-through because. <laughs> uh, they might come out of my hand, might come out of my mouth at a massage parlor, but uh, not at a drive-through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think okay. that's the optimal lubricant. No, though. What do not, I know? But, yeah, but I, I'm I'm not one who uses uh, lube anyway. But uh, I I just know that uh, don't use shampoo. You learn that when you're in prison because that shampoo oh, will find any boy. fissures uh, that you, that you might have. Can we move on? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Andrew has a hot dog story about a harp. Um, cutting a hot dog with a harp, isn't that? Um, yeah, um, yeah. And we have to mention that Bobby actually, you know, since he manages <laughs> uh, musicians, has a friend who's a harpist, and he asked her, and she was like, mm, they're not really strong enough to do that. They're not sharp enough. Uh-huh. So he checked with an actual person who plays a harp, and this would not really be possible. Uh, and I sort of beg to differ, though. I mean, if there's no casing on that hot dog, if it's one of those real cheap bar-ass hot dogs, I think you could slam you could. the whole pack through there. Probably, but why would you? <laughs> quick, that's so quick. It's like, you know, having a... <laughs> Having one of those one-use devices in your home, you just put your harp on the kitchen counter and just a banana get slicer. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Save on counter space. Get a harp. 
<laughs> yeah, giant harp on your counter. That's <laughs> insane. That would be pretty great gag though if, for a movie or something. Um, they're they're talking about a summer show about hot dog stories. They're gonna do a uh, standalone show that they're gonna be. Uh, trying to sell on NPR, if I'm understanding this right. Hot dog story is shorthand for boring. Why are they doing this? <laughs> Give us your most boring story. Yeah. No, I think they're talking literally, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think it's going to be like a 4th of July programming thing, you know? Because mm-hmm. you got to fill in those spots on the on the NPR stations. So might not be the worst idea. And I have a, I have a pretty awful and incredible hot dog story that I will contribute, but I don't, I don't think they'll be able to use it because it's pretty disgusting well it sounded like network interest was that sort of medium minus on this anyway <laughs> yeah 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 they, we'll see we'll see i like that they're crowdsourcing it though because people everybody has at least one hot dog story right i don't if know not this, literal then <laughs> I, this yeah. seems to be following the mold of the halloween spooktacular and uh-huh. they asked people to call in with stories from that. And they only used like one, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I got the feeling they didn't get a lot of submissions. Right, right. Well, I'm I'm going to submit it in writing. And then if they want me to do it, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't take it, then put it here because I want to hear it. I don't call into, you know, every show unless I have a sea galley uh, jingle that I want to. Mm-hmm. Get off my chest. Sure. Um, this is my note. Mod Pizza and Papa Murphy's are not rivals. Mod Pizza is a quick serve, cook on site um, place where you take your family. Papa Murphy's is a place where you get a shrink wrapped raw pizza to go cook in your oven. So mm-hmm. don't worry about liking Papa Murphy's and Mod Pizza. It's okay. You know what Papa Murphy's is really good for? Is when you're having a housewarming party. And you just get that pizza and you bake it and it smells mm-hmm. real good. It's, it's oh, yeah. better than the frozen mm. ones. It's a good idea. You would know from baking. You probably <laughs> have a good oven. Uh, that's always been my problem with the those take and bake pizzas and, and any frozen pizza too. Is If your oven sucks, your pizza sometimes is going to suck. No, my oven's terrible. Uh, you need a good oven. Can we can we get Anne some jam money so she can have a good <laughs> oven? Because it, still manages it will pay to off. create wonderful thing. You know, what it, a poor workman blames his tools, right? Yeah, exactly. So clearly she can work around this handicap. Okay. No money for you, Anne. <laughs> Meredith decided. Where's the judge's hammer? Gavel. I'm trying to find something. <laughs> there we go. That was my earbuds case. Oh, I thought you were like slamming your, your Hodges Subaru water down on the table since they're so cool they have their own branded water they talk about the movie fox hitcher which was outstanding i don't know why they're talking about it and the show that i i binge watched in about three hours last week barry great show i'm gonna make emily watch it so that's that's where the blocking out the haters came from because it's bill haters new project and it's already been renewed for another year so we don't need to Go through all the hand wringing of the like the Brooklyn Nine Nine people did this week. Pretty much, there's no reason to get that upset when when a universally loved show gets canceled. It'll it'll be back. They'll find a way. There's a million ways to make a buck now in the TV game, and and as long as people love it and will follow it, uh, uh, CTBTL, 
uh, as a model. Case in point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the a show with passionate fans will always exist if there are enough of them to pay for it. And so don't worry about it. Uh, hot, oh, hot dog was described as a throat cork by um, <laughs> Luke, which is a term I never want to hear again. Nope. That was upsetting, but true. It's very true. It is true. But they were talking about it, it really wasn't true in the context that Luke said, because if, if you've already put your hot dogs through your harp, you don't have to worry about the, the throat cork aspect of it. If you're a baby, you do. Like the the cutting them into medallions is frowned upon if you have a child. Oh, really? I thought I thought it was like um. No, it doesn't matter really how long they are. You okay. need to cut them into cubes or something. Oh, okay, okay, good to know. There's no top story, Anne. I'm sorry. Uh, there's Who an needs email. One? <laughs> there's an email about the uh, the old man of the mountain. In New Hampshire, it was uh, it's crumbling, or this is an anniversary of its crumbling, or something. Um, this is very, very not that interesting to someone not from New Hampshire. And my mind was wandering while this was, story was going on, and I was thinking, you know, now that it's not as big anymore, maybe it's the medium-sized guy of the Mesa or something like that. <laughs> Just come up with a new name that goes better with it, you know? Well, didn't it fall off completely? Did it? He wasn't really listening, know. and neither was I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out that makes yeah. three of us. I did, yeah, <laughs> I did mention that I was not listening very closely. Uh, and then I made a note here that uh, just end strong and leave them wanting less. Somebody said that, and, uh, and that sort of describes Monday, I guess. That's their motto uh, for the week. Um, so let's go to Tuesday, twenty six thirty five, Biased Milk Hotel. They start today with some serious uh, phone-throwing talk. So Luke tries to fire some audio drops, and it doesn't work because his volume isn't up or something. And then they talk for, like, 15 minutes yeah. about it. And it was infuriating, and I was really mad about it and really bored. Um, so I didn't write down anything other than audio awfulness. And in all ways that that is applicable, it was for the first 15 minutes of Tuesday's show. Well, um, and the, then, thing, the thing about it, Meredith, is they talked for so long about it, they could have started the show again and it would have taken less time. Yeah. Yep. It, that's another reason it was infuriating. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Luke spent a good amount of time trying to Burbank it throughout the rest of the show. Yes, he sure did. Um, and so then they decide to move on to another infuriating topic, which is that Luke's license is expired, his driver's license, and he's going to Hawaii. Um, so he's concerned about what happens if he goes to the DMV and they punch a hole in his license and then the TSA won't let him fly. Um, and he seems to not understand that you can renew your license before your birthday. Um, and I don't know how they do it in Washington, but I get a letter well yeah. in advance of this happening. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, I, I recently had to go through the rigmarole of changing my name. So I had gotten a new Michigan license when I moved here, and then I had to get a new one with my new name. And so I was walking around with a, an, you know, invalidated license, um, but with a piece of paper stapled to it yeah. that showed the information for my new license. And I flew with that, and it was totally fine. So the whole time I'm just being like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. It doesn't matter if they punch a hole in it, you'll have the piece of paper, it'll be fine. And it turns out that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Um so it was really all for nothing. But it was an irritating conversation. And we, we did get a, a fun throw your phone from listener Justina. And she says, quote, Dear Luke and Andrew, adulting, just do it. 
Put your goddamn passport and license expiration dates on your goddamn calendar. Do your goddamn taxes before April 15th and stop <laughs> making me stress out because I have to throttle the need to dope slap you. Love, Justina. And then in parentheses, this throw your phone is for Tuesday's show in case it's not crystal clear. I'm going to go punch some walls now. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Well said. Exactly. I've been through this. I've been through what Luke uh, went through this week, <clears throat> but I had a good excuse. I, I, I was getting out of prison. And uh, you were in prison when I when I got to the halfway house, uh, I spent I spent probably an hour or two walking to or taking the bus to the DMV and then waiting to the line. I had my old license because they uh, the very nicely gave it back to me when I got out. Uh, but it was it was expired in somewhere in the mid 90s. And in uh, here we are in the late 90s. So when I got there, I I wasn't getting a driver's license again. I wasn't going to be able to schedule that until I could get out of the halfway house for that and all that bullshit. So I was just getting an ID, but they did punch a hole in my driver's license because it was expired. But just like Luke saw on the on the TSA and on the the Department of Licensing website, they give you a letter that says you you're fine. This mm-hmm. is fine, <laughs> and you're just going to Hawaii, dude. You're not going to Russia. So the DMV said it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the DMV said it's fine. No, I have a letter also. So it isn't just just them. Come on, my wife says it's fine. Um this in the first 2 minutes of the conversation, even the first minute of the conversation, he already knew the solution. And yeah. it was not going to ever be a big deal, but they this went on for a long time. Because he went online and some person, uh, some random person on the internet said it was some a young person, a, some a young, young person. one one young person. <laughs> <laughs> well, this yeah. makes me think if if this is the first time he's realized that you can renew your license before the expiration. I mean, he's forty two years old, and if he got his license when he was like sixteen or seventeen, that means for out of twenty five years, so well, he'd have to have his license renewed every four years. Is that Washington? I don't know. I think in Washington, yeah, it's every four years. So six times <laughs> he's just been driving around with an expired license before That doesn't he... surprise me at all. I would absolutely believe that. All right. Yeah, I have a feeling that times that he's he's renewed his license were either due to travel or uh, getting pulled over and yep. a cop saying, hey, you need to get this. Mm-hmm. Ah, that makes sense. Um, they talk a little bit about flying. Luke talks about, you know, his previous uh, passport woes when he realized on his wedding day that he needed a passport to go to Oof. Italy. Ooh. Come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he's not helping himself here. Can you read uh, Justina's throw your phone again, please? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's make that a drop and just play it every time this happens. If you don't realize you need a passport to go to Europe, what what does the word passport mean to you? If you overhear it in a conversation. What is Europe? Where is it? What? How <laughs> How does it work? Because I would be like, hey, what's a passport? I've never heard of that. And they would explain it to me that, oh, you need that to, to travel um, overseas or to um, uh, South America. And now you need it to go to Canada, Canada or Mexico. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, it would behoove you. Uh, Emily likes to say because she heard this on a podcast, it would be who of you to <laughs> to avail yourself of the knowledge of what a passport is. 
Because you're going to hear it a lot in conversations. And you, do you want to be the person who doesn't understand what it is? Because if if you don't know you need a passport to go to Italy, I worry about you. I feel like that's something that was never explicitly explained to me. I think maybe I picked it up through context clues. Mm-hmm. Right. Throughout my life. I mean, I, I, I did go... The first time I went overseas, I was 12. Um and and I think that is the only age at which it's acceptable to not fully understand what a passport's for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in there, there's a lot of passports in movies, in television. Uh, people, sh- you have to show your passport. I just, I, I just don't think he thinks the rules apply to him until they absolutely are going to apply to him. Clearly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, if we were talking about visas. And he was going to a country. I mean, there's all kinds of weird rules. Mm-hmm. Those about, are complicated. Yeah. 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 Whether you need a visa or not. A passport is a visa really, for Italy. really yeah. simple. You just need one. The end. Yeah. <laughs> like it expires in 10 years. That's that's what you need to know. You have to have it and you have to renew it every 10 years. The end. Oh, boy. So they take a little break and they come back and then they talk about tool for so long. So long. <laughs> and then some other awful tool band i i'm they apologize profusely for like dunking on tool i'm not going to apologize they suck uh come at me i don't care uh and i don't want to talk about tool anymore um top story for the day is found money on the side of the road an armored truck exploded or something and money was everywhere and of course luke finds this uh morally uh mushy where you pick up a bag of money that isn't yours and somehow it's like uh you got this one good job kid I believe that's called the finder's keepers rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I would love to just pick up a random bag of money. That's great. But it's clearly wrong. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that that's the wrong thing to do. It's not mm-hmm. my money. Right? I've done it. And I knew it was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> you did it really on <laughs> And purpose. I was convicted of it. I picked up three <laughs> bags of money that had $45,000 in them. Yeah. 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 So this is clear. I mean, it's fun. I would love to just be in one of those, like, money chambers and grab 20s. Uh, but it's on the side of the road, but it's wrong. Like, it's clearly wrong. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It is theft. <laughs> I always um, wonder, like, if you're going to get into one of those money booths, I mean, don't you want to like put, like, pine tar all over you and get all <laughs> naked down to your skivvies? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just sort of slapping stuff onto yourself? Oh, I don't know if I want money that Come much. out like a, a tumgus <laughs> of money? So there was a shoe store um, that we used to have to go to when we were little because my mom wouldn't spend more than like $10 on a pair of shoes. Her her idea of what things cost is stuck in, I don't know, 1975. So jeans, if they cost more than $20, she's not buying them <laughs> still. <laughs> uh, so we went to this place called Shoe Carnival. I don't know if this is like a local oh, thing. Oh, I've heard of that. I think I've heard of that. Okay. Or if it's a, if it's national, I don't know. But but we used to go there all the time because they had I was really good shoes. at like throwing the darts at the balloon. So I got really good good prices well, at the shoe I'm carnival. not kidding that's the kind of thing that they did they had a carnival theme and they had one of those booths you could uh-huh. go into this glass booth and it wasn't money money it was it was shoe carnival money and I did it <laughs> once when I was a kid and it's impossible to actually grab any money so yeah coating yourself in tar would be a much better tactic what's than just the grabbing shoe carnival the money to Canadian tire money exchange ratio <laughs> that's a days. good question <laughs> Ugh. But th- this is a very worthwhile discussion because it leads to a conversation about Susie's latest grift, which is finding money in Value Village pants pockets. And I think, oh my god, from <laughs> this is delightful. But I also think, from a moral standpoint, this is totally acceptable. Uh, yeah. This is this is the person who left the money in there. That's their fault. Um, you're not really taking. You're maybe taking money out of 
the pocket of a value village employee who is supposed to check the pockets and obviously they would keep mm-hmm. it if they found it but you know that's kind of on them for not checking the pockets so this is You're fine taking the money out of the person who was actually going to buy the pants true true that's it but i just i can't find a victim here and i can't find no. a wrongdoing so but the fact that she ended up just going like she clearly has an addictive personality and this is probably where luke gets it too right so she decides that she just needs to keep going to value village and rummaging through pockets oh to my find god yeah. <laughs> uh i can imagine and and you and your retail friends having this conversation who's gonna go talk to that lady about someone needs to what do we say to her <laughs> Ma'am, you can't keep looking through the pockets. <laughs> we have this look in retail where you look at your coworker yeah. in a completely expressionless way that says, "Oh, we're talking about this later." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or who who got the last one? You know, is it your turn or my turn? <laughs> yeah, God, oh boy. Okay, I got to talk to Susie Burbank about about. Well, and if she's if she really wants to do it on the download, she just would grab five to ten pair of pants and go in the dressing room and look through them. But she would just I be at Value Village for that. five hours a day <laughs> right. going through every pair of pants. Right. <laughs> oh, this is just delightful. Um, so we get an email from listener Mike, and I really lost the thread here. I don't know what they were talking about. Something about how he took a selfie, something about Russell Crowe's ear at a blockbuster? I don't, I don't know. Macaulay will take a selfie with anything, anywhere. <laughs> this happened to be... Uh, this happened to be a Russell Crowe's jockstrap from Cinderella Man. Where did I get um, ear from? Because Mike Tyson was a boxer and chewed off Evander Holyfield's ear. You know, Mike, I saw that fight live on pay-per-view. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I think I think I did too, if I'm not mistaken. And, and nobody really could figure out what happened for a few minutes. Yeah, and they're like, it was did shocking. Did this guy really do that mm-hmm. shit? Are and you he, kidding me? Yeah, it was you didn't want to believe to it. And I'm glad, like, I'm not, I'm obviously not a sports fan, and I'm definitely not a, whatever that is, boxing fan. I yeah. don't even know what it's mm-hmm. called. Um, but I was dating some douche who loved it, and we went to a house party where they bought the game. And I was, like, too young. I don't know. I was maybe 16 or 17. Um, but there was alcohol, so I was there. Um, but <laughs> I happened to, like look over when this was happening and I saw it happen and it was incredible. <laughs> I still remember I, it. I'm really glad I was there. I think I was at Sheridan and, and as inmates, we bought these fights out of our inmate fund. And very you often, it's su- that? super disappointing. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's our own money. So we're, we're able to, to get the fights. If you couldn't get the big fights in prison, you would have some big fights. Yeah. How much is in that prison. in stamps? <laughs> it wasn't that kind of fun. We didn't all bring our photo tickets and stamps out and into the middle of the unit and say, "Hey, we got to get we got to get one hundred nineteen dollars <laughs> together, guys. Come on!" Now, um, we had a uh, <clears throat> we had a fund that you could uh, opt into um, that was so very little money. Everyone pitched in a little bit. Yeah, everyone pitches in a few pennies, and then all of a sudden you've got the fight. And those fights were. <clears throat> Very often super disappointing, especially the Tyson ones, because they'd be over in like 10 seconds. Uh, but this was when he was kind of losing and he was kind of slipping. It was not really short at all. Uh, he was I getting remember. his ass kicked. Yeah. And he was getting mad. And so he bit off Andrew right. Field's ear. Uh, and that's why when Bobby said that he was on a flight with Evander Holyfield, I said, did you chew his ear off, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, figuratively. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was, uh, it was pretty insane, but, um, 
I think that's how that talk happened about, <laughs> it wasn't Russell Crowe's ear, it was his, his uh, sweaty leather jockstrap from a movie Gross. where he was an old-timey boxer who probably okay. had a big sweaty leather jockstrap. Nasty. All right. But I'm, sh- I'm sure it was Macaulay, though. That part of the story, I'm there sure. There was a picture. that They used it as the show picture. So you could check. I don't know what Macaulay looks like. Uh, I think he looks like Kermit Ruffins. <laughs> Not helpful. We'll have to double check that. Um, okay. Well, they end the show with more Diet Coke talk, and they talk about the skinny cans and how they're the Virginia Slims of cans, and <laughs> they probably exist because they bring to mind like a tall, thin person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you're drinking Diet Coke, which is absurd, but it, that packaging gimmick seems to work on Andrew. He's really in favor of this. <laughs> All right. I just, I was going to say the bigger the better, but... Mike can make some dirty out of that real fast. <laughs> uh, let's go to Wednesday, number 2636, Yaris the First. Um, so this is being recorded on the same day as Tuesday. And um, Andrew figures out between shows that it's Luke's birthday. And so he wishes him a happy birthday. And then they go back and forth throughout the week about forgetting one another's birthday. That was kind of funny. And between recordings, Luke did manage to renew his driver's license online and got the piece of paper to show with his non-hole-punched license. So everything is going to be fine. He just had to vouch for his vision, which seems problematic to me. It, that's insane. It was extremely confusing. I don't know how I would answer that question. Yeah, I know. I I can't get around the feeling that there's like some corner he cut to be able to do this. I mean, you like older people, you need to have them come in and do that vision test. Not be like, I'm fine. Yeah. But I think the last time I renewed, I didn't have to take a test. It explains, it explains some of the driving in Washington state that I've seen though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everything worked out for him as per usual. Mm Mm-hmm. In Texas, you don't even have to be sober to drive. Nope. People just use the guardrails <laughs> to, to get through life. Bobby saw it when he was down here. <laughs> guardrail damage everywhere. And then if you're out after nine, uh, you're you're just as good as a guardrail to the I've had um I've had old timers in Texas uh, tell me really nostalgic stories about how they used to just pack a few beers in the car and then just drive around the city loop mm-hmm. of Dallas yep. just over and over and over and just get progressively more drunk in like the 70s. Yep. Totally fine. They're still doing it. I'm sure they are. <laughs> Good God. And then <laughs> the bulk of the Wednesday show is made up of David from the basement coming to do Yay. a trip recap of what his trip to New Zealand with Walter. And it sounded like they had a pretty fantastic time. I mean, how could you not have a fantastic time three weeks in New Zealand? I mean, even if all the loader stuff doesn't appeal to me, but I respect it. I I think it's kind of cool to be something that you're that into, Mm -hmm. that you would be willing to spend that money and go all the way around the world to do that, to show that kind of commitment. I I respect that. I think that's... That's also a long trip. Oh, God, yes. That's tough. Like, tough for me. I... I spent three weeks in Italy, and by the le- the third week, I was like, I'm going to go home. Yeah. Like, I, I'm in Italy, and I, I felt so bad, but I was just like, ugh, enough. I want to go back to Ferndale. <laughs> I right. want my bed and yeah. my pillow and yeah. my shower. Yeah. Two weeks is and about Where is the perfect. goddamn Diet Coke over here? True. Let me tell you. <laughs> 
Um, so let's see. They talk a long time about the epic playlist that he made, which was partially made up of actual soundtrack music from Lord of the Rings movies. And then also, I guess, things that were evocative of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a playlist maker, so I guess I don't understand that. But I, okay. That's cool. He was playing but, clips and drops and yeah, all kinds of stuff in there. Went to I mean, the yeah. Andrew Walsh school of um, of mixtape making. Talented kid. Man, when he first said that he made a, a playlist and Andrew was like, stop the show. <laughs> now I I'm want interested. to know everything. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to hear everything. But um, down to the point where they were timing the music so they would play the right section just as they were coming (laughs) on the particular location. It's so dorky, but it's so cute. Right. (laughs) I love it. My favorite part about this whole conversation was David using throw your phone moments. Yes. And it clearly being recognized as a thing. We don't talk about that here, I think is what Mm -hmm. Luke said. No, I I was under the impression that that... That term started on TBTL, did it not? It did, and that's how we got it, but clearly they know that Like that, that, that we've a, co-opted it into something yeah, bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's made its way. It, whether or not he listens, David does listen, and uh, it's made its way. Keep with it, David. Mm-hmm. I like it. Get him to acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> So they spent this three weeks driving around the North Island and the South Island in their three different Yarises, and they talked a bit about the driving process and whether it was scary to have Walter driving on the other side of the road, and it was, and David had to remind him every morning. Who boy, <laughs> that would yeah, that would be something. And and he heard Walter use the f word. For maybe the first time. <laughs> right, right. He, it's interesting he went that way instead of say Jesus take the wheel. He just was like, fuck, fuck this country and it's fucking stupid, <laughs> fucking wrong way driving and this cliffs and fuck this place. I had the fuck. same kind of experience the first time I heard my mom say the S word because my mom was very like tight lipped. She wouldn't swear in front of us. She wouldn't like say anything really even negative about anybody in front of us when we were little. She was really careful about that. But as soon as we became, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16, she kind of let loose like she started buying diet coke and had it because like, we weren't allowed to even drink soda when we were kids um but she or even got, have serviceable shoes correct <laughs> that's also true um but once that's why i had to get a job when i was 14 um but once we were like teenagers she stopped making us dinner she started buying diet soda and she started swearing and it was really disorienting for me for a while i was like who are you she was she held it in really well for a long time <laughs> My brother Carl and I have a shared memory from when probably I was 10 and he was five because then Matt would have been a baby and my dad had taken Matt to change his diaper while we were reading with my mom. And as my mom paused in the reading, we heard from the bedroom, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And we were both like, (gasps) And that's the only time I've ever heard my dad say that word. Really? Even since then? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. My mom swears a lot now since this current administration has been in charge. <laughs> it's very normal now. Uh, that's acceptable. Yep. Yeah, how can you not? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, uh, oh, David does talk about what a champion Walter does was for this trip. I mean, he's not an old man. He's 60, whatever, 63. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my body gets tired. And as you're saying, Meredith, tired of traveling. But Walter was just up for it every day. He's into it, ready to go. Let's do this. Good for him. I know. It's wonderful. Trip of a lifetime. And then they spent a little bit of time talking about David's Tolkien tattoo that was done by his friend Chad. I'm sure you trust your friend David, but I have a policy against getting tattoos from any guy named Chad. I think it's just a bad idea. (laughs) Safe. That's good. You Mm -hmm. should just extend that to everything. Don't get anything from a guy named Chad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Chad is not a professional tattoo artist, although... I guess he got the tattoo equipment for this. It was not a stick and poke, thank God. And, is that like uh, a stencil? Is that the way I understand it? It's like got to be like la- a prison tattoo. Yeah. Like a layover. You With a pen and a, <laughs> oh, wow. and a needle. And a, a typewriter engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds bad. But um, IBM Selectric tattoo. <laughs> They, they had David and his tattoo as the show picture for this day, too. So I looked at it. It looks nice. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. So And David's happy with it. So My well amateur done, tattoo artist says it's fine. Yep. And then they end the show with a voicemail from Anonymous, who is too ashamed to leave her name because she's not shame eating, but shame walking away as she was walking her dog and uh, needed to dispose of the poop bag and all the trash cans were out uh, the night before pickup. And so she just uh, used a, a handy trash can and the neighbor came out and caught her in the act of putting her bag of poop into their trash can. Can it really be a, a shame walk if you're not holding your high heels <laughs> while you walk away? <laughs> but it seemed like... I don't know. She sort of salvaged the situation. See, yeah, she said, she asked. oh, is this okay? And I mean, I don't know if the person was like, oh, yeah, sure. Or, Ugh, sure, fine. I'd be fine with it. I, I would totally be fine with that. And, yeah. and in, in Texas, anyway, the the my garbage can was in an alley, and most people's were in an alley. They didn't mm-hmm. want them out on the street, and you've almost always got alley access. So I would never know if somebody put a poop bag in my trash, and I wouldn't care. Mm. I still think it's gross. It's I couldn't distinguish poop. them from my own, right? Like I had two dogs for a while. Well, and... that's true. Me as a non-pet owner, I don't have to deal with feces on a regular basis. So let's not introduce any into my life. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's your favorite topic. And that'll do it for Wednesday. All right. Thursday, 2637. You crazy for this one, Sue? I love, <laughs> love, love this episode title. <laughs> Uh, they start out, unfortunately, with more audio drop talk. I really got the short end of the stick here with you did with mm-hmm. the, the beginning 15 minutes of each of the shows I covered this week. Uh, so they talk about some oldie timey soundboard that they would like to use, but it only holds eight sounds that clearly would not work for them. Um, they move on for some reason for uh, talking about uh, TNA movies from the 80s, and they specifically mention Porky's. Um, and uh, how Luke's goal as a child was to encounter a hole in the wall of a locker room so he could watch ladies change. Um, and, and I just have to mention that I took notes on this show dictating to my phone while I was driving. <laughs> and I wrote um, holes in the walls of the locker room to be total 
creeps, and what Siri heard was to be totaled crepes. <laughs> Does that mean when you drop a crepe on the floor or something? I don't know. Ah. Maybe deconstruct. Abby, crepe? get in here. <laughs> Abby. Yeah. God damn it. Well, they did acknowledge, didn't they, that movies like Porky's are now highly problematic in this yeah. day and age. Your Porky's, your Animal mm-hmm. House. I was even thinking the other day, did one of them mention Pepe Le Pew? And I was like, right. oh, now that's a problematic cartoon. Oh, I always thought that. Even when I was a kid, I was like, what a creeper. Mm-hmm. I always thought if I ever meet that girl, I'll show her, you know, some chivalry. I'll show her some some class. That girl class cat? Out the ass. Yeah, that girl kitty. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that accidentally got the white paint stripe painted down her back. And yeah, yeah, she looks like thing. a skunk. She's a skunk. You could charm her, Mike, I'm sure. You've got that, those cat skills. You know, when um, when I was uh, coming of age, as it were, Porky's was the big, you know, franchise. And uh, it felt bad to me then. Like, there was nudity in there, but I was like, I, I don't think I'm supposed to be watching this. You know, mm-hmm. I would have felt more comfortable with pornography yeah. with consensual adults than watching guys spy on girls in the shower. Because that was like... Uh, my sister, if she ever caught me doing something like that, she would, uh, if she chased my brother around with a knife, she would have caught me with that knife because I was <laughs> and not yet some, as fast. There was some movie, it's nothing I've seen, but where somebody has sex with a woman pretending to be somebody else. I mean, that's just straight up rape. Yeah. It's not funny at all. A lot of those old storylines are not holding up well. No, they're not. And I'm glad I didn't do any of that stuff. Barb, shh. I didn't Don't do any any anyone. stuff to anybody. Let's move on to a cheerier topic, which is that it was Luke's birthday. And he got some delightful messages, of course, as is their family's tradition from Susie and Walter. And he plays it and it's a delight <laughs> because Susie just goes off the rails and Walter is just trying real hard to, to play along. But he doesn't She does the whole Red Robin catalog, does yes. she not? I mean, she... I feel like this is indicative of really how Walter's life goes in general. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Susie is going full tilt and he's sort of patiently coming along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Luke even said that, like, this is kind of indicative of his, his parents' entire relationship. And I, I just love it. Um, so that was a really fun uh, uh, song to listen to. And she's a, got a nice voice. Mm-hmm. When you saddle a woman with 700 kids, you have to indulge her. <laughs> she deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. She has earned whatever it is that she gets. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. If she's going to be pregnant for 18 years, right? <laughs> you can <laughs> sing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow to Absolutely. Your first be sport. a good sport about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they talk about how sad it is when Red Robin employees have to sing Happy Birthday. And I feel like that's always the case um, with mm-hmm. any chain restaurant that has a Happy Birthday routine. It's just the worst, and it is taking away from their real work that they have to do. <laughs> it's terrible. And nobody likes it. Like, even the person whose birthday is doesn't like it. Yeah. The few times I've been to Cold Stone, you know, when you tip them, they have to do this whole song and dance. I was like, yes. well, I guess I'm not tipping oh. at Cold Stone anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Right. I, I would accept that maybe as a punishment for not tipping. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tip or we'll sing to you. I think I was like eight or nine, somewhere in that range. And my uh, parents took me to Farrell's, which is a, was a small chain. And we talked about how you got kissed on your 16th birthday by some reluctant staff member. Mm-hmm. 
So luckily I wasn't the 16th. I wouldn't have even gone because I knew about the tradition by then. But uh, they took me to Farrell's and you get this uh, big ice cream thing called the zoo. And it's got all these different scoops of ice cream. And it had all these little um, little plastic uh, animals, you know. So it was just an ice cream menagerie. And I was all set to enjoy that. And then the bass drum starts. And some some guys just banging the bass. And here comes all the employees. Uh, and they sang happy birthday to me, but I didn't see any of them because I was under the table. <laughs> <laughs> they say the dessert is free, but you you pay in a different way. <laughs> you pay. You pay. I didn't know. I was a youngster, and I did not know that was coming, and I didn't want it. And I've never been into my birthday, and I think that that might be a part of it. That's why I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get surprised by some awful thing that people are doing unwillingly. Um, sounds like my last date. But uh, that's it. I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's awful. Um, We haven't really been mentioning the Dazzling Donor, but we have to mention it today because it's P. Fletch's. um, And she uh, ran into Yusuf the Lyft driver and took a video with him. And this is just incredible. Um, Luke somehow lost the thread on the fact that Yusuf wants to bring him out for Somali food. Uh, But I think they should do that and record it. How did mm-hmm. we see the video? Did she put it in the chat? She put it in the chat, yeah. Oh, okay, because I was like, oh, that was a really sweet video, but I'm realizing um, nobody else is going to see this. The video is great. The audio is great, but like they, they cut the video off a little too short. There was some fun stuff at the end, and they didn't yeah. play it all. Um, he wants to take them out for some food or cook some, some food for them. Yeah, and he sounds like a delight. Like he He's a public radio P1 for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone in... I mean, I, I want... Uh, Kate to be everyone's Lyft driver, but if Kate and Yusuf can share Seattle, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. They can just do 50-50. Um, they talk about the Mariners for a while. Mike, do you want to jump in on any of that? Because I'm real bored. Uh, I think Anne has an opinion on this. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's May. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had a great season. We've had a great month and a half. or month it and a quarter. so far beyond being able to say what a great season the Mariners are having are going to yeah. have. They've played what? 25 games, 30 yeah. games. There's 162 games for the season. You are sounding like chumps when you yeah. talk about <laughs> how amazing the season is. Yeah. They've gotten off to a decent start. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, we get an email from listener Zach about good bands with bad names. And I've always thought that about Neutral Milk Hotel. What a stupid, meaningless name. Death Cab for Cutie. That's also very bad. I think almost all bad na- uh, all band names are bad. I mean, mm-hmm. The Beatles? It's kind of dumb. Spelled like beat? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is bad. Um, there's tons of terrible band. I mean, I-, I can't think of one that I'm like, hmm. Smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. The Fog hat. <laughs> Girl talk is bad. Just because it creates confusion on Chris Hayes' show. I mean, just... There's some good names, though, like Grand Funk Railroad, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I mean, there, there's there's some solid names out there. <laughs> Paul and Oates. Mm. Well, yeah, you can't... <laughs> I mean, if someone makes fun of you for using your own name in the band, they're just being a dick, you know? Paul and Oates, a stupid name for a band. I hate your stupid name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Luke talks for a while about his birthday food choices. 
um, and they discuss how he went to Molly Moons. And I identified that with that because last summer when we were in Seattle, we all went there after we went to Din Tai Fung. And I had some like lavender ice cream that was incredible. Um, I've never been to either one of those places because I haven't lived in Seattle in so long. You need to come this year. Mm-hmm. If there's a TBTL picnic. We're trying. We need, we need to get this house sold really quickly. Well, and we also need to know when this uh, party might happen. And we still, we're not going to know that for months. Yeah, I asked Luke while he was here and there was nothing on the on the picnic. I'm shocked. It's going to happen, though. That's, that's a, he did confirm that. Okay. Um, Luke says that if there was a smell that would make him float through the air cartoon style, it would be that of waffle cones. And I have to mention that my new yoga studio is above an ice cream shop. It's torture. It's Mm -hmm. torture because I'm exercising while the the smell of waffle cones just drifts up through the floor. It's Mm -hmm. awful. I mean, it's wonderful, but it's torture every time I go. Um, so they talk a little bit more about ice cream and about how they had Dairy Queen uh, at Rich and Linda's house, and who are people that definitely exist. Um, and uh, that was basically Thursday. They didn't realize that you could just buy Dairy Queen ice milk in a to-go yeah. container. My grandma used to do that in like the 80s. It's not mm-hmm. a new thing. I was similarly shocked when my parents had, um, what do they had, Dunkin' Donuts coffee beans? I was like, what? <laughs> you can do that? <laughs> yeah, like I would definitely buy ago. those if Emily I would I would get the Dunkin Donuts Dunkin Donuts coffee for the house if Emily wasn't into the stupid Sonic stealing Starbucks stuff. Coffee that um, would not be named. Friday, 2638, Miracle on Dirty Fourth Street. The right off the top, I mean, this was interesting probably only to me. Um, but the talk about uh, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, and uh, Charles Barkley on uh, pretty much the best sports studio show there that has ever existed because it is real and it is honest. They do like each other. No, Mike, but- I don't care about sports or sport. I really don't care about sports TV, but I found I, I like listening to them. I think they have a good dynamic and I like just listening to them talk. <laughs> I think they're so charismatic yeah. and interesting. And uh, But listening to people fight like that makes me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. right. I do not and like the, confrontation. And that was I, I'm I'm the same way because my parents argued and argued and argued. <clears throat> but, uh, and and I like the show when they're not arguing. I, I mean, that those arguments happen very seldom, the serious ones. They, they banter back and forth and they disagree about things. But about... Two or three times a season, they'll get into it like this. And the most interesting part of it is to watch it and watch the host, Ernie Johnson and and Kenny the Jet Smith, sit between these guys and just <laughs> try to figure out, is this, are they going to go? Are these guys going <laughs> to go here? Because they're huge. And there would be, like Ernie says in the promos, there will be furniture moving. It'd be like two <laughs> giant armadillos in your house. But what they were arguing about didn't even really seem worth fighting about. It, Maybe it I didn't was, understand it, but it just seemed kind of uh, silly to get worked up about. Yeah, I mean, it was a. a they were talking about a, a team that was a hopeless cause. They were never going to beat LeBron in Cleveland, and and the guy got benched, and the coach ended up getting fired. It was a big mess in Toronto, um, and I don't know if I agree with either one of them on the topic. I think I'm somewhere in between, but, uh, it, they have 
kind of thrown down before. I mean, they've tackled each other on the mm-hmm. on the show. They've done like a surprise tackle in the green room and stuff. So there's a physicality of it because Barkley is uh, 6'4", probably 350 to 380 pounds, and Shaq is, is 7'2", and easily 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. There's just... When they start arguing, it's even more uncomfortable than if you see like sports talk show hosts, you know, these two runts or fat guys, you know, they're like, this, these guys wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. But these, these two guys, if, if someone tries to get in between them, it's curtains for that guy. So you kind of got to watch it play out and you just hope that, that they're not going to throw. Because maybe they're not going to be good at fighting because basketball players are terrible at fighting because you don't actually ever want to connect your fist to somebody's face. Yeah, they're then not there goes hockey your players. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't want to, I mean, if you if you damage your shooting hand or whatever, you're done for the season and you could ruin your whole career by actually landing a punch. So basketball players are notorious for exchanging heated words chest to chest and then the teammates and coaches pulling and referees pulling you away. Nobody ever actually throws a punch because if you connect, it's worse for you than the guy you hit usually. So, well, and at the uh, point, the point where they lose me is when they just shout shout over the top of one another. It's like they're not yeah, even yeah. having, they're not trading points. It's just like, mm-hmm. well, I got three championship rings. Yeah. And then you shout that like eight times. Yeah, they just start clip. bragging. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, this is not getting anywhere. Well, and, and that's that's a good point, Anne, because when you're, when you're listening to it and all you have is the audio, that is annoying. And you're just, you're just like, okay, when's this going to end? They're just saying the same thing. But when you're watching it, you see the tension rising as they're talking over each other. And that's, that's the drama is like, is somebody going to get out of their chair here? Because you're getting madder and madder. You're saying the same thing. What's the next step? Uh, getting out of my chair and, uh, and approaching a man who uh, probably one of the only people on earth as large or larger than me. <laughs> all right. There's more talk about the drop mistakes and the volume and all that. Uh, so that's three times this week that that was a, was a thing. Uh, there's a story about uh, scratchers. Luke had some, some scratch tickets in his pocket that he pulled out, and it got uh, Andrew excited because he's kind of getting into baby gambling, which is um, pull tabs and scratchers, which, uh, woohoo, I just scratched and something happens. You know, <laughs> It's not real gambling, it's baby gambling. Well, here's what really bothered me in this conversation is that the thrust of it was that Luke had gotten these scratchers at the gas station while waiting for a pizza? What? I don't understand. F- pizza from the gas station? Pizza from a place nearby? Whatever. But then once he scratched them off, he put them in the back pocket of his jeans, and he was now just finding them months later, which means he Are hadn't surprised washed his jeans. by this? He had yeah, not washed jeans. his jeans oh. in months and months and months. Gross gross so he is walking around with like baked in swamp crotch 24 hours <laughs> yeah. a day i don't yeah. want to get near that there's another um piece of subtext here that he said that he was probably tipsy when he bought them and then he drove home so mm-hmm. this is a drunk driving and a dirty jeans story he has yep. tacitly admitted to drunk driving on multiple occasions and it always makes me uncomfortable I, I just wonder why Carrie doesn't, you know. It's not something. up to her. He's well, a grown ass nope. man. Right. I'm not but, giving him a pass here. 
But I'm I'm just saying if Emily knew that I'd had some drinks or some beers or whatever, um, she's not sending me out to get the pizza. True. Or she's she's mm-hmm. she's saying I'll go get the pizza mm-hmm. or we we don't need the pizza. Right. Unless she's in Seattle working for mod pizza right. for pizza an- a rival pizza company <laughs> some some <laughs> rival pizza you're not allowed to have another pizza <laughs> he had to do this in secret that's why she didn't know sure sure um the they were talking about the the lottery tickets and how uh, kind of complicated they are and they are they they make them kind of weirdly complicated and i think the reason they do that is so uh, a lot of the winning tickets won't get turned in because mm-hmm. people won't realize that they're winners. I think it's very much by design. Like the the games are the games seemingly are simple. Like Miss Pac-Man, do you get three Pac Miss Pac-Man and you win, but only if you have this symbol in the corner and this and matches this dollar amount over here. So, you know, I I I pro- I, I don't want to like make too bold a statement, but I would guess that five to 10% of these tickets, the winning tickets never get turned back in. Yeah. I don't, I don't like these scratch off tickets at all. And I realized that I'm a little bit of a special case because I'm totally frugal. And also I'm a statistician and also I just don't see the point. You're their worst nightmare. Your money. You're their worst nightmare. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're not making any money off of me. So I try to remember that some people think, Oh, this is just, a little bit of fun but you know i was at the grocery or the gas station a drunk couple of days usual. ago drunk <laughs> waiting, waiting for, for my gas pizza, station pizza. Yep. <laughs> and i was in line with my diet coke behind a guy who had like a whole stack of scratchers and it's such a complicated transaction because you know get this one back and i got this many dollars mm-hmm. but give me another one of those and mm-hmm. i'll take two of those and i think at the end his his um sale was about thirty dollars that he had to pay in. So mm-hmm. I just it makes me so I don't think that these are a good thing for our society. I I've, guess is I've probably said saying. this on the show before, but if we're talking about my mom, it is Mother's Day. Um she calls the lottery, any form of lottery, voluntary taxes on the poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I kind of agree. <sighs> I mean it's 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 a good thing for schools. That's great. But, you know, if you don't have a lot of disposable income, I'm not sure that's the best way to spend it. Yeah. I, Luke was talking about um, our particular gambling poisons, you know, what, what we don't want to get into. Like, he was, he, they were talking about the video version of roulette. And I've, I've noticed that before. I've, I think I've played those games in Las Vegas. And it, it is too quick. Uh, I, I don't like slots. I don't like video anything. Because it is too quick, and a lot of times it's uh, you don't feel like you have any control over the process, and there's no uh, interaction with people, which sometimes is a is an appeal. I like table games sometimes, you know, but I find that I'm too poor of a loser um, in a lot of cases to enjoy some gambling. My particular poison uh, was sport was sports gambling. I don't mm-hmm. do it anymore, but um, I, I just felt like. I, I know a lot about this subject. When I win, I think it's because I outsmarted everyone. And when I lose, it's because I got unlucky. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was not a, good, bias. not a good marriage, you know. 
uh, and I, I did fine and I had an offshore account and I, I talked about this. I gave it up when I met Emily cause I knew I wanted to get serious about her and who wants to get with a guy who gambles offshore on sports pretty much daily. So, uh, but, but, uh, when, when, if you want to talk about sports gambling, I will talk about it with you all day long. And this is why I get so upset when, when, uh, when Luke starts talking about it, cause he knows nothing of what he's talking. And you skipped over a note earlier in the week, Meredith. Um, Luke was, Luke talked about taking Ambien on the plane. Right. And I was thinking that him talking about drugs must irritate you as much as it does me when he's talking about sports gambling. Yeah. He called, Am- you know, from drugs, he called Ambien a benzo and it's absolutely not. <laughs> It works on the GABA receptors in your brain. I wouldn't expect him to know that, but he can just leave that detail out. He doesn't have to classify right. the drug. Right. It's it's happy making. It's, yeah. It helps him rest and the you end. eat a lot of peanut butter. So He tries to always throw in a little extra knowledge. Yeah. And that's always what gets him in trouble. Yep. <laughs> right. You're right. Uh, then there's a, a quiz about Hawaii. Uh Hey, guys, can I give you a quiz? Uh, no. What is... Okay, I'm going to do this password style. It's going to... It's You have to name the podcast. All right? From the one word mm. clues. Lame. Mm. The gist. Oh. <laughs> you're not wow. You're not getting this. <laughs> Quizzes. TVTL. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> Boring. I was going to say Ross and Burbank. Poorly executed, that's two words, but okay. <laughs> we'll allow it. Oh, can I, I got to confess something here. I started Please. kind of fast forwarding this episode when they started talking about gambling. I was just going in 30 second spurts. Right. Can they, are they talking about something that doesn't make me mad? And then they went through the quiz and I kind of fast forwarded the quiz. And then they went through the teacher thing and I kind of, wanted to fast forward through that and i'll talk about that why when we get there and then i fast forwarded through music for your weekend so i'm not working with much for the rest of (laughs) right the teacher stories was i thought that was genuinely interesting Mm, well well. before we get to that let me just say something because because andrew told a dad joke that he got from some website or whatever and cullen has been very into dad jokes uh he he watches the videos of i don't know if you guys have seen this but there's the, these two gentlemen, and they tell jokes to each other face-to-face and try to make each other laugh. And it's it's called dad jokes or whatever. And Cullen has decided that he wants to make up dad jokes, and he writes a lot of jokes in his head, and he tells us these jokes. But he doesn't understand really what dad <laughs> jokes are. He tells the fucking filthiest jokes to oh, us. Oh, no. You know, just... And we're like, we're like oh, that's... While while we appreciate your craft, and that wasn't a bad joke, it was certainly not a dad joke. Dad jokes are dad just jokes cheesy are puns, right? Like that's the corny one. and clean, and yeah. yeah, sometimes punny. Um, I make a million of them all day long, and it makes Emily so tired. Sometimes she has to go to bed at four <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> but but the ones that Cullen comes up with a whoa, they're like blow your hair back, filthy. Um. <laughs> okay, so 
top story today is teachers, which isn't really a top story, but I, I think Ann, you'll allow it because at least we had some decent uh, hashtag content that came it's along something. here. <laughs> Luke talked about his uh, English teacher who um, didn't throw him out of class, but didn't invite him back sort to class. Sort of negged him and it worked. <laughs> Right, right. Like, uh, oh, this guy's throwing me out. I'll show him. I'll mm-hmm. keep showing up to the class. And he talked about his guitar thing. We we covered that before. He learned how to play um, some some Led Zeppelin and I forget the other song, um, the other um, band that he covered. Anyway, the guy's name was Mr. Livingston. And I just wanted to tell um, a story about a teacher that uh, that I really liked. And well, the, the, the background is my mom is an English teacher, was an English teacher for many, many years at, uh, Odell junior high where I went when she was there and Sammamish high school, uh, where, uh, my, my, uh, my brother and sister went and didn't appreciate, um, being in the same school as her. I loved being at Odell junior high when she was there because all of her best friends were all of my teachers and particularly the English teacher, Mrs. Mon, that I had, um, just assumed that I had read everything and knew everything <laughs> because I was. And so she just said, just read whatever you want. And, you know, we'll talk about it at the end of the quarter, the semester, or whatever. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> so I was a big reader. I was my, there were books everywhere in our house, and I would just read them, whether they were age appropriate or not. I would just read, 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 read. But I didn't actually read the curriculum of the junior high, so I wasn't quite prepared for high school. And when I got to uh, high school at, at Interlake, the public school, um, I was a little bit overwhelmed because like, oh, should I have already read this? Oh, God. And I I struggled a little bit. When I transferred my senior year to Eastside Catholic, there was a teacher named Gary Colbert who I, I was in his class with Barbara Aerosmith, friend of the show. And we, it was um, it was advanced English, or what do they call honors English or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was uh, British literature. And boy, was that a crash course for for this veteran podcaster because I, I I just wasn't ready. But he was really cool, and he could see that I had very high reading skills, and uh, he was patient with me, and he uh, guided me through the curriculum. And by the end of the year, I was just as sharp on that shit as anybody in the class, including you, Barb. In fact, I think I can throw down. <laughs> but uh, that, that, that's my story. Gary Colbert. He's still alive. I'm Facebook friends with him. He's, he's a fantastic guy. Oh, that's cool. Uh, well, I have a teacher story too. It's kind of long, so I'm, I'm going to try and uh, keep it on track. But um, so when I was 16, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And I found out uh, one day I was sitting on the couch after school reading a book and I heard my mom get a phone call and then she hung up and she called my dad at his office and she, I heard her say the biopsy was positive. And I didn't know shit about anything, but I knew that biopsy meant cancer. Mm-hmm. And so like the next night, maybe they sat us all down to explain to us that, you know, mom has cancer. And what I said was, yeah, that's what I thought. And then I got up and I left. And that was the only reaction that I ever had to that. I felt so like I had to be clinical about it and be grown up 
and not have any mm-hmm. reaction. So I went to school the next day. I didn't tell anybody. And then I went to choir at fourth, per- fourth period. And I was sitting in the choir room before class started. And I needed a Kleenex because my nose was running. So I went up into Mr. Johnson's office. And this was the teacher, Meredith, I mentioned on our nickname show that used to call me Little Bird. Mm-hmm. He was this guy. So I went in and he was in there and he had this huge bank of file cabinets, you know, 30 years of high school choir music. Uh, But there was one file cabinet that if you pulled out one of the drawers, there was a box of Kleenex in the back. And so I opened it and the Kleenex box was empty. And I said, Mr. Johnson, the box in the drawer is empty. Do you have another box of Kleenex? And he looked up at me and he said, what's wrong, little bird? And I said, Mm. my mom has cancer. And then I started to cry. And he came and he put his arms around me and I sobbed and then the bell rang and I could feel him have this moment of on one hand, I have this girl sobbing in my arms and on the other hand, I have 70 high schoolers in the next room who need to be dealt with. And so after a minute, he said, you just stay here and when you feel okay, Mm -hmm. you come into class and then after class, don't leave because I want to talk to you. But I like I couldn't I didn't even know what to say. So after class, I just left and I went and I hid in one of the practice rooms. And, you know, I this was lunch, but I was at the stage of my life where I thought I was too fat to eat food. So I ate Mm. my half an apple and sat on the floor and about like two thirds of the way through lunch, he found me in there. He spent like 20 minutes looking for me and he sat on the floor with me and talked to me. And it was really a good thing and he was the only person that I ever told about it and then a couple of months later I was rehearsing for um, I was in speech speech and debate after school and I was in an interpretive category I was in the category of poetry where you picked a poem and you kind of like discussed the thesis of the poem and then you I don't know, recited it, performed it, whatever. And I happened to have a poem about dealing with cancer. God, I don't know why I picked that poem. <laughs> and I was I was rehearsing it with my uh, speech coach, Mrs. Hebert, and we were in her classroom, and she was a team teacher with my English teacher, Mrs. Grengs, who was also there. And as we sort of wrapped up on the rehearsal, Mrs. Hebert said to me, and how are you doing, Annie? Are you okay? And I was like, what? And Mrs. Greng said, of course she's not okay. And I knew that Mr. Johnson had gone around to all my teachers very quietly and said, mm-hmm. you need to watch out for this girl. So, Aww. That's a great story, and mm-hmm. because it has nothing to do with teaching. It's all about just being a human. Yep, absolutely. All my other teachers were assholes. <laughs> They all were, except for my no, mom. They weren't. I, I was just, I was a child who tried to be not noticed, you know? So to be noticed after all the effort to just fade into the background, that was, you know? Well, and for them something. to go through that much to, to take care of you and make sure that you were okay, mm-hmm. being cared for is really uh, touchy when you feel that way. Because I've felt that way a lot of like, I'll just blend it in the background and not cause any trouble. And then when somebody goes right. out of your way for you, it really makes an impact. Mm-hmm. Jeremy starts a GoFundMe for you and mm-hmm. you just can't stop crying for yeah. weeks. All right. Uh, you got me in. 
<laughs> I can yes. barely see the run sheet. So <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought the humanism and microfiche battle was was pretty funny. I was I laughing oh. out loud at that too. <laughs> I have to tell you guys though, I was I was really upset at this point in the show. I mean, I had been looking forward all week to the teacher talk because I wanted to hear their stories of teachers that affected mm-hmm. them. And then Luke would not fucking shut up and let Andrew talk. Yeah, he he Every interrupted time, him constantly. All the time. Like from the moment they started, I mean, Luke interrupts Andrew all the time anyway, but Andrew was just trying to talk about this teacher. I don't even know if there was an actual story. Mm -hmm. Because Luke just kept interrupting and interrupting, interrupting. And I was so angry. And then he interrupted him all the way through uh, Music for Your Weekend, which is why I had to fast forward through all of it. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, man. It was endless. The Music for Your Weekend took... It took forever, forever, and Andrew clearly felt so bad about it, and it wasn't really his fault. Yeah, because he couldn't find the the track. That's that he not was that big for. of a deal. I mean, I feel like he just never got through what he wanted to get through. Okay, well, music for your weekend. Luke uh, picked a new artist called More More, and the song was Heaven's Only Wishful. Uh, Andrew chose a song by Shabazz Palaces or Shabazz. Is it Shabazz or Shabazz? Shabazz, I think. Shabazz Palaces. And Nope is the title of the track because <laughs> it was... Word salad. <laughs> yes. Just terrible. And then listener Zach chose Frankie Cosmos, Floated In. So there's music for your weekend. As I was fast forwarding through this, I happened to... You, you and... and what? You must have listened to Friday's show in about 10 minutes. Yeah, there was not much else. Not like that. <laughs> but I was, as I was fast forwarding through Music for Your Weekend, I happened to come up for air or whatever, right as Andrew was starting his Shabazz Palaces. And he's like, well, it's an eight or nine minute song. And I'm, I'm just going to have to play a lot of it because it doesn't kick in for a while. And I was like, oh, yeah. and I'm fast forward. <laughs> it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Oh, my goodness. Let's move on to some housekeeping. Housekeeping. I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. (laughs) Uh, If you would like to bedeck yourself with LRB merchandise, you should visit our shop on our website at 10710.com slash shop uh, or just go to the website and hit the shop button. As always, you are welcome to participate in the archive project. I just looked the other day, and we are current only until like January of 2017. Oof. So we got a whole year's worth of shows built up to archive. So if you haven't done a week in a while, or if you haven't done a week at all, and you'd like to try it, then uh, drop us a line, and Christy will get you all set up. It's not that hard to do. We need to do some sort of a drive to incentivize this thing. We do. We do. Well, we're getting towards summer. We'll have to come up with the summer contest it's or something. It's really again. fun. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a shill, but it's a, its own reward. Mm-hmm. You really do find some gems, even if the the episode irritated you at the time. I speak from experience. Then you go back and there is a nostalgia factor where you're like, oh, yeah, that was funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not bad. And it's f- far enough in the past now that you we're not still mad about anything so and speaking of that you talk um you've talked recently about how 
you will remind yourself occasionally that uh, Luke and Andrew are real people and super likable, like if you watch yes. the Hey Dummies video. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to come down to Austin for the wait, wait taping and to go out with Luke because uh, he's super charming and handsome and you would have been re, I don't know, re-energized by... Uh, yeah, I I did regret that a lot. I, I desperately wanted to come down and well see you and emily and hang out with bobby and you can't underestimate my charm either (laughs) right (laughs) and i thought it might be fun because i've never gotten to talk to luke in a an arena where there weren't like 60 people all trying to get a piece of him so it would have been nice but you know i've been traveling a lot lately (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so and we don't have Diet Coke down here, so you would have had to pack it in yes, or ship it, I ship it am forward. I confident that Bucky's has Diet Coke somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the trip. No, it's a Pepsi joint, actually. All the all the their legendary fountain drinks, all Pepsi. So I don't know if they if they if well, they you know Dr Pepper is bottled in Dallas, so it's really no, Dr Pepper country mm-hmm. there. Can't do it. Sorry, yeah. we'll have to meet in a neutral third location. Sure. <laughs> At a milk hotel or something. Mm. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on with housekeeping, uh, just a gentle reminder that if you ever buy anything off of Amazon, I mean, I know it's rare, but just in the off chance that you do, if you would kindly use our Amazon portal, littleredpandwagon.com slash Amazon, and kick a few pennies our way to keep keep us afloat. And Earbuds and Earworms, our sister podcast, coming up this weekend. And then the next episode will be Superheroes and Superpowers, which sounds interesting. So I'm going to tune in for that. Uh, like I usually do, when I, when she posts about what the show is going to be about, I rack my brain for for uh, songs that would apply. And it seems like only once out of every like three or four weeks I can even think of one. But the listeners of their show are so – her and Mitchell of their show – are so creative that no matter how obscure I think the topic is, and they always come up with mm-hmm. a full slate of songs. There's that train song, Superman, but I feel about train the way that Meredith feels about Smashing Pumpkins, so I wouldn't be suggesting that one. No. All right, how to get involved with the show, go to littleredbandwagon.com. If you want to, to give us some immediate feedback on either their show or ours, go to throwyourphone.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page which has been pretty fun lately. Uh, our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. A voicemail and text line is 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it! Would you say that you trust him as much as... Uh, oh, boy. Here it comes. Go for it. Try. Frodo trusted Samwise? Hey, great. Yes. Hey. Yeah, I would say I did that. almost call him Hodor. Oh, I was... <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. He's not going to pull off the landing. But you got it. <laughs>
Good job. <laughs> oh, uh, man. The amount of throw your phone moments I have while you guys hey, are trying to don't look, talk about Lord of the Rings. We don't, we don't uh, officially recognize that as a thing. No, that's not us. For the record. Oh, sure, sure. 